Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Today we're talking about the linchpin. The linchpin. How would you like in your life for things just to work? Would that be nice? Things just to work. I would like things just to work. Anybody? If you want things just to work, say amen. amen. I, I, I'm, I'm, I've noticed we've gotten a little quiet the last few weeks. And, and Pastor JB, one of my spiritual fathers, he says this. This is amen. amen. This is a loud amen. There, amen. Glory to God. I thought of a new, yeah, the louder you amen, the faster I preach. I was thinking, I could also do this. I think I'm going to utilize this. This is a hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is a loud hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all are getting it. Amen. Glory to God. All right, ready? (laughs) All right, ready? That's awesome. That's awesome. Good stuff. I am so pleased right now. So uh, one of the things is, how, all right, now, how many people you would like for things just to work? Amen. Amen. All right. That's how it works. You know, there's a lot of stuff uh, over in 2 Corinthians 9. It says this. It says, you can increase the harvest of your righteousness. Which means that every person that's born born again is righteous by God. Every person that's born again is righteous by Christ. They're made the righteousness of God in Christ. But not every person has the same harvest. Not every person has the same harvest. So you can be righteous, but one believer can walk in more and the other walk in less. So in other words, if you want something just to work, Right. If you want it to work, generally there's some stuff we have to do. One of those things all across the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is if you will be obedient to what God says, you will walk in the blessing. You will walk in more if you'll be obedient to what God says. And guess what else? He will give you the strength and the power to do anything he asks you to do. So sometimes people are like, well, God wants me uh, to give uh, $10,000. I don't have $10,000. Don't worry about that. If he told you to do it, he'll give you it. He'll give you the strength to do it. Well, he wants me to go pray for this person, lead them to the Lord, and get them healed right here in Walmart, and it to be a miracle. I've never done that before. Don't worry about that. If he's calling you to do it, he'll give you the strength. The key is... Am I going to be faithful and am I going to be obedient to what he's telling me to do, trusting that he will supply what I need? That's the key. And so this is even why we would do like an amen 
Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is why we would do that because what we're doing is we're saying, isn't God worthy of praise no matter how we feel? Absolutely. Isn't he wanting good things for his people no matter what we see? Yes. Most of the world does not know that, but somebody's got to step out in obedience and say, I'm going to praise him if nobody else does. I'm going to put expectation on God to be a good God. Because if he's a good God, he wants good things for his people. I need to be in expectation. Well, this is not expectation. And this isn't either. That's not expectation. Faith supports hope. Hope is joy confidence and expectation if you're not in expectation there's nothing for faith to back here's the thing if I just told you see expectation is this I believe it so much that my expectations out there so you know to give you an example of this let's say I just pulled something out of my let's say I just pulled some money and that this bill that I have was actually a check and let's say that this check was one million dollars made out to cash. Right? How many friends I got? Okay, just check it. All right. Let's say it's made out to one million dollars. Let's pretend for a second, because it's not, I don't even think they make one like that. They make some fake ones look like that. But um, let's say it's one million dollars for real. And I just walked and I literally gave this to you. Well, she wasn't waiting on it. She was ready. She was in expectation. Now, look, she just received it like it was a $20 bill. But what if it actually was a million dollars? How would she act? Huh? How would she act if that was actually a million dollars? That's more like it, except it would have gone on for about an hour. Why? Because her life just changed. See, there's so many promises of God, but we got to get in expectation. We got to get to the place, you know. So, in other words, expectation's not sitting there. Amen, Pastor. That's not expectation. Expectation is glory to God. I just received something. My life just changed. How would you like for everything in your life just to work? Would it be all right? I mean, when you pray, sickness leaps. When you pray, favor comes on your business. When you pray, all of a sudden money just comes in the mail. When you pray, all of a sudden God just puts you in situations and the power of God flows. When you pray for other people, it works. You pray for your family and they just come right out of bondage. You pray and all the weight of the world just breaks off of you. Anybody like that? It's all tied to obedience. And if he asks us to do something, he'll give us the strength to do it. Many people get down on the things that God asks them for because they really don't know that he will actually give them the seed to sow into it. Not just talking about money. If he's asking you to fast, he'll give you the strength to fast. If he's asking you to go and win a soul, he'll give you the words. If he's asking you to pray for their healing, he will flow healing power through you. Many times we stop short because we're afraid that God won't give us the anointing that we need in that moment. Hear this. 
Matthew 6, 33. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. All these things that he's talking about, all these things will be added to you, it literally means everything. All these things. What do you need? God will give it to you. God will open up the floodgates into your life and he'll start pouring out. He'll pour out finances. He'll pour out peace. He'll pour out freedom. He'll pour out everything that you need. All we have to do is seek first his kingdom. And he's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. So he's given us everything that we need. All we have to do is just be obedient. Set our hearts to be obedient to a good God who wants to give good things to his people. Amen? Yes. Amen? Well, what we're talking about today is the linchpin. Now, if you don't know what a linchpin is, a linchpin is something that holds something in place. Many times you'll see it, like, on, like think about hooking up a trailer to the back of a truck. If you don't have something that operates as a linchpin, the trailer will not stay attached to that truck. This is the thing, what we're talking about today is the linchpin of our age. It's what holds it all together. It's what makes it work. It is the linchpin. And our job is to give ourselves to whatever God's told us to do. Do y'all have that video ready? I want you to go ahead and play it. We have a video here of something similar to a linchpin. As soon as you got it ready, go ahead and play it. We have a video similar to a linchpin. It's this puzzle here. Go ahead. And when, you pl when they're playing these puzzles, there's a 3D puzzle. And what it has, it's got one piece of that puzzle that's the linchpin. And when that linchpin all, all of a sudden moves out of its place, you'll find that the whole thing will unravel. You got it? Tell me when you got it. Just play it. When you get it, when you get the linchpin out of it, what will happen is this thing's being held together, but this linchpin, they give it one twist and the whole thing loosens up. And as soon as it loosens up, all of a sudden they keep messing with it and the thing just falls apart in their hands, right? So one of the things that you have to see is you have to see that if we remove the linchpin, it all crumbles. There's something that's holding it together. There's something that's holding it together. There's something that's holding this society together. There's something that's holding this world together. And God set it up. God set it up. He set up the plan. It's Him. Our job is not to form our own ideas or our own opinions. Our job is to seek God, His kingdom, and His righteousness first. And our job is to say, whatever you call important, we call important. What's the linchpin? What's that thing? And so let's turn to Ephesians 5, 25. Ephesians 5, 25. The linchpin of this age is the church. The church is the linchpin. And without the church in place, it all falls apart. 
Now, the issue is, especially in this age, we've gotten to a place where people don't esteem the church. They don't know that the church is important. They don't understand its importance. And many people have formed opinions based off of what they feel, but not based off of the Bible. You've got to go back. If you want to just all things to work, you've got to go back to the Bible and say, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? Many people have even talked bad about the church. Has anybody ever felt like they have been dissed by the church? Anybody besides me? Has anybody ever felt like the church has hurt them? Right? Yep, almost everybody has. And so all of a sudden, what happens? They start talking about the church, and well, this church hurt me, and that church hurt me, and, and I just, I just, I don't, how about this statement? I don't need church to worship God. Anybody ever heard that? Anybody ever thought it? I don't need church to worship God. You're right, you don't. You can worship God without church. And here's the problem. Why would you want to if God set it up as the linchpin? One of the things not too long ago, let me just let me throw this out there at you. Not too long ago, Justin and I were flying somewhere and we took off and and uh, you know he's been flying longer than I have for sure. And all of a sudden, you know, we were in this place and it was very windy when we were taking off. Windy enough where we could take off, but we wouldn't be able to land at the same airport. It was too windy. It was throwing us around too much. Well, I did several things wrong. Number one, I didn't, I didn't take my jacket off and it got really hot. Number two, I was trying to read something uh, constantly as we were taking off like this. And I'm already, you got motions motion of the plane, I'm trying to read, you know, just the motion itself could get you motion sick, but then I'm trying to read on top of that. I left my jacket on, I should have taken off, I didn't sip on some water, and I didn't open up a vent. I did everything wrong. So about the time we got up to about, uh, I think it was about 9,000 feet, or it was 7,000 or 9,000 feet, somewhere in there, you know, sometimes, have you ever noticed that nausea have you ever noticed that nausea, it like doesn't just a lot of times hit you, uh, just turn on and turn off, it kind of raises up? Well, as we raised up in the air, so did my nauseousness. And I was like, oh, and I was feeling, I was sitting over there, and I think Justin probably saw me looking a little green, and... Um, and I was sitting there, and uh, I was like, you know, every mental trick I know to not puke right now. I was like, man, this is bad. This is a bad situation right here. I, I, don't, want, I don't want to do this in this closed cockpit. I don't want to do this. And uh, I was like, man, whoo. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think every way for me not to throw up. All of a sudden... Uh, I've, got, I've learned a little bit, so here comes this message from ground control, right? And here comes this message from ground control, and it goes, and I've learned what a lot of those meant, but whatever they just said, like I missed it. I don't know if I was nauseous or what, but whatever they said, I missed it. Oh, then I turned to Justin, and I said, I said, hey, man, what'd they say? He said, oh, there's some, there's some turbulence out here. I'm like, 
you know, there's turbulence out here in about a mile, but he says if you'll raise up a couple of thousand feet, you'll miss the turbulence. And uh, he said, so we're going we're gonna to ascend here real quick. And I was thinking to myself, glory to God. Because right, my nauseousness had hit its peak. And if we went through that turbulence right then, I don't know, I, I don't know what would have happened. I had a good idea, though, what was happening. So here's the question. Can we fly without communication with ground control? Yeah, we could. But would we want to? No. We could do it. Think about this. Could you fly without instruments? Like telling you how high you are and if you're level or not. Can you fly without instruments? You can. But would you want to? No. And this is very represent, representative of things in the kingdom. We need the leading of the Holy Ghost and we need confirmation of people that are in authority in our lives, a.k.a. the church. We need pastors. We need people that are called to help lead us into that situation. I'm telling you that day, I was praising God that we had communication with the ground. They could see things we couldn't see. They knew up in front of us was turbulence that was coming up. And they didn't know that I was already nauseous, but they could see that turbulence and warn us about that turbulence before we got there. A pastor acts just like that. Hey, you're getting ready to go through some stuff. Don't do this. Most people are in today's America, American church, are like this. I'm my own person. I can worship God myself. You can, but do you want to? I cannot tell you how many times we've gone down the road, even, even recently, told people, hey, you do this, it, it can be bad. Don't do this. Don't do this. I can hear from God all by myself. You can, but that's not his design. It's not how he's designed it. All of a sudden, you know, they go and do the very thing, and guess what happens? They hit turbulence. They hit these places. God has designed. And if we're going to fall into the blessing of God, it's done on purpose when we pay attention to the kingdom and how God's designed it, not how we think. Many times what we think has been programmed by the world and conformed by the world and not transformed by the renewing of our mind to the word. And so we have people all over America who call themselves the church that think they know what they're talking about and they don't have a clue. You're going to see some of that today as we jump in here. Church is the linchpin of this age. But do you even know what church is? Do we really know? Let me put it to you this way. In January, it'll be 11 years that we've had Boomerang. We started in our living room, and then we moved to a community building, then we moved to an office building, and then we moved in here two and a half years ago. But 11 years ago, in the living room, didn't have nothing. All those chairs you're sitting on, we didn't have those. All that sound stuff back there and video and lights and we didn't have none of that. What did you have when you started? Jesus. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> we had Jesus. What did you have? How much money did you have? Jesus. <laughs> we had Jesus. That's what we had. That was it. 
And we started church. You want to, you know, it would be really good. <laughs> I'm going to tell on myself. That's yours, by the way. Um, amen. Be blessed. <laughs> um, it would be really good if a pastor who starts a church knows what church is. Don't you think it would be good if a pastor who starts a church actually knew what the church was according to the Bible? I thought I did. Guess what? I didn't. I thought I knew. I didn't. I thought I knew. I'm the pastor called by God to start a church. Who thought he knew what church was? I didn't know. Why? Never been taught. Never studied it out for myself. You're going to find out today what I knew before. as a pastor. You're going to find out what I've found out. By the Bible. Not by what somebody thinks, but by the Bible. But we hit a series a while back in the old building. It said, uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Loaves and Fishes. It was a play off of the movie Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. And we had like these graphics that were a cartoon. And it was Jesus covered up in a pile of loaves and fishes with like an arm and a leg. Cloudy with a Chance of Loaves and Fishes. And the point of that series was the blessing didn't happen and pour out from heaven. Otherwise, there were 15,000 people that got fed that day. If the miracle would have happened, Happened the way it shows it in many places, you would have seen Jesus underneath a big pile of loaves and fishes. That's not how it happened. They took the loaves and fishes and they started breaking them. Boom, break, break. And it happened, the miracle happened in their hands. Well, that series started, a great series, you can go see it, it's still on the website. Uh, that, that series really got us looking into what is the church? And, and here's why. I was in the middle of that series and God said, what is the church to me? The Holy Ghost said it. I went, well, we meet at 11 on Sunday and uh, it's a gathering. And uh, like, I went, man, I mean, I can come up with a few scriptures right off the top of my head, but I realized, truth be told, I didn't know. I didn't know. I've been now pastoring for how many years? At least four. Four or five years I've been pastoring. I didn't know how to define church. And what I found is as I started getting into what is church, I found out that we've been doing it wrong. We've been doing it wrong. And I can tell you this, that once we started switching to doing it right, people didn't like it. They liked traditional church, custom church, with all their customs and traditions, but they didn't like what the Bible said church was. And what I realized was we had gotten so far away from what was normal with God, we had created something that wasn't there. And many times, good church or Bible church and non-Bible church, it looks similar on the surface, but at its core, at its heart, it's different. And that's what I want you to see today. I want you to see this. Here's the first thing. Don't you know that there's some people that just don't like church? They don't like going and, and gathering and they don't like showing up. And, and I just, I don't need church to worship God. You're right, you don't. But if God told you to do it, then what should we do? Because that word doesn't say I'll be blessed in every way in all things if I do what I want to do. It says if I seek his kingdom and his righteousness first, not my thinking and my righteousness. 
So I've got to learn what does God say. And here's what I found out. There's a lot of people that they're born again, they're going to heaven, but they don't like church. Matter of fact, they may even go so far as to say, I hate church. But what they actually don't like and what they actually hate is not real Bible church. They hate the facade and the hypocritical nature of most people that are calling themselves the church. But the first thing that we need to get straight is this in Ephesians 5.25 is Jesus said this. He said, husband loves your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Over in Acts it says this, the church, he paid for the church by his blood. In other words, Jesus loved the church so much that he gave his life for it. Now, are you supposed to follow my example alone? Or are you supposed to follow Christ's example? All of us in here, myself included, we're to follow the example of Christ. And if we follow the example of Christ, then I'm going to love the church like he loved the church. He uses an example for husbands to love their wives. But I need to also see the example that he gave himself for church. For people, how can we say as Christians that Jesus is the Lord and director of our life? How can we say that I hate something that he loves, loves enough to give his life for? How can we say that? Can you see just how the dynamic and the thinking even in America is so off base from what actually is Bible? I wrote here, how important is the church to God? How important is the church to God? Jesus shed his blood to pay for it. That's how important the church is. He shed his blood to pay for the church. How important then should the organization of God's church in the world be to you and I? Oh, it ought to be be one of our highest priorities. And I think all of us here can say, I think we can say it with ease that there's been times where we've not done that. And and if the Lord leads you, and he probably will, you probably need to go and have some time on your knees in front of God and say, Lord, I apologize. The very thing you gave your life for, the very thing you gave your life for, I despised. Lord, I repent. I changed my way of thinking, and I won't think that way anymore. Church is the linchpin of this age. How important is the church to God? Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. I'm going to read this in the New Living. We are, how important is the church to God? We are commanded, commanded now by God to not abandon it. To not abandon it. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us hold tightly. In other words, what we're about to read is a part of the hope that God's given us. Verse 24, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Uh, Let me just ask this question kind of to highlight something. How many of y'all this week we spent some time, don't raise your hands. Don't raise your hands. 
How many of y'all spent some time this week in prayer meditating on how can I help my, my neighbor go after God better? Don't raise your hand. And you don't even have to look at me. I'll look this way. All right. So, but yet that's what this commandment says. Verse 24. Let us think of ways to motivate one another. Most of the time we're not thinking about how do we motivate people to go after Christ. Because we know if they go after Christ they're going to be blessed. We're not thinking about that. We're thinking about how can I save my own butt. Did that catch your attention? That's what we've been thinking. But that's not God's way. How can I save myself? How can I get on top? How can I hustle and get to the place where God wants me to be? God's already got a place for you to get to the top. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things. They'll just be added to you. We've got to make his priorities our priorities. Verse 25. Listen to this. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another to meet together, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. To neglect or forsake getting together means to abandon my purposes that God's commanded me to do concerning the church. Have we abandoned? See, we're supposed to say, oh, I'll see you at church. It's going to be awesome this week. Come, you got to go with me. We're getting fed. Power of God's flowing. There was this one guy, he said, I ain't falling. But the power of God hit him, and he fell down, and it was awesome. And there was another person, and they were like, I don't even know about all this. And all of a sudden, the joy hit them, the joy of the Lord, straight from heaven, joy, 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 down in their heart. All of a sudden, they laughed, and the, and the weight of the world just went poof. You know what? And there, there was over 700 people in the last couple of weeks that committed their lives to be with Jesus, to make him Lord. They won't be in hell. They'll be with Jesus. You've got to come. It says and commands us, encourage other people to not neglect it, to not forsake it, but to come be a part. And we got to make sure that we don't neglect it ourselves. But see, here's the thing. If we don't actually esteem it and put it as a priority, we're neglecting it. And we're directly commanded to not neglect it, which means we're directly commanded to esteem church. I know it's been done wrong. I've done it wrong. We've all done it wrong. But that doesn't, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Just because some people did it wrong don't mean it's all wrong. The way God set it up is right, right, right. But we might have missed it, missed it, missed it, but we got to keep going after it till we get it right. How important is church to God? Number one, he gave his life for it. Number two, he commanded us, don't abandon it. Number three, church is your, your place. Say, my place, my place of flourishing. It's the place where God flourishes you. You know, in 1 Corinthians 12, 18, this is not in the notes, but you can write it down. 1 Corinthians 12, 18, here's what it says. 
It says, but God has placed the members in the body just as he desires. I believe if you're sitting here this morning, it's not by accident. God had a purpose. Now, if you're a guest this morning, God hadn't told you that this is your place. This might not be the place where he's planted you, but here's the question. How many of us have, have done it this way? Don't raise your hands again. But we go out and we shop church. Because churches market themselves. I mean, churches today, they're marked, come with us. We don't know perfect people allowed. We love our city. And those are all great things. But it's marketing. Let's, let's call it what it is. It's marketing. Trying to sell you to come to our doors. We need to be living this thing so much so that people see it on us. They see the light on us, the salt on us. And they're like, I got to have what you have. And when you say, you go do your job and be a fisher of men, they'll say, I'm going to listen to you because something's different about you. Because obviously, and they might not know this, you've been placed in a body that gives you the fullness of the life of God, the triumph, the victory that Jesus has planned. And all of a sudden, what happens is they see that triumph and that victory on you. And you invite them, and guess what happens? You invite them, and all of a sudden they say, yeah, I want to go where you're going. But he says God has placed the members. Our job is not to shop church. Our job is to say, Lord, where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to go? And whatever you say, I'm going to be obedient. It doesn't matter if you've gone there for 50 years. It doesn't matter if three generations of your family has gone to the same church. That might not be the place God's got you. It doesn't matter if you've been there for, the, for 40 years yourself. does not matter. doesn't matter if they have the best kids program ever. We're, we're seeking to have the best over-the-top kids program of anybody in the county. And we're right there at it right now. We've got some things we're even adding to right now. Why? Because there's some people that will be moved by that. And we want to give our kids the best. We're, we're challenged by God and commanded to do that. So we are going to do that. So yes, it, we want to have... I loved hearing the stories when, when mom or dad goes home and they're... <coughs> and the kid, the super kid from Boomerang goes, Mom, Dad, let's pray. In Jesus' name, sickness come out, healing be in this body. I've heard that testimony I don't know how many times. Why? Because our kids are not just back there playing. They're growing up in the things of God. They're learning how to be overcomers. They're learning how to be the victor. They're learning these things. But see, we're not just supposed to go and shop where to go to church. Our job is to hear from God, where have you placed me? That means i got to know how to hear from him. And guess what else? God's not going to place you at the place that your fleshly side is most comfortable. Because he's not catering to the flesh. He's, he's trying to get you spiritual things and he doesn't get that to you through the flesh. He gets it by feeding your spirit. And guess what the word says in Hebrews 12, 11? It, it says all discipline for the moment is sorrowful and even not joyful. So if you've got a preacher who is actually doing his job, he's going to get up here sometime and start preaching some stuff and you're going to be like, ow, ooh, golly, ah. And you might even after a while squeak out an amen. Oh, that hurt your flesh, not your spirit. Your spirit's like, good, give him another one. 
We're not going to the place that's comfortable for the flesh. We're going to the place that will grow us, that will stretch us. We're going to the place that God has placed the members in the body. That's the place that we're going to. And then it says this in, over in Psalms 92 and verse 13. Psalms 92, 13, it says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, in the church, they're planted, flourish in the courts of heaven. How many people want to flourish? How many people want to flourish? then you've got to plant yourself. Amen. You've got to plant yourself in church. What does plant yourself mean? That means that you've got to look at it like this. There's a shepherd. There's a pastor. He's the farmer of a field that you're being planted in, right? It's the pastor's job to set the vision of what crop is coming up in that place. Our vision here is... A house of love and prayer, living in abundance, winning souls and making disciples for Jesus. That's our vision. That's our direction. That's the main vision of it. Our job is not to sit there and say, well, I'm in a cornfield, but I really want to be black-eyed peas. (laughs) Well, you're in the wrong field. And you haven't planted yourself because the Word says this, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it will produce nothing. See, you're not planted unless you give yourself to the field. Not, and doesn't God know where to plant you? Doesn't He know where to place you? He does. He sees it all. He knows what's coming up in your life. He knows when the devil's going to try to kill you. He knows how to get the right word into you at the right time. Your job is to yield yourself to the place that God has placed you. Your job is to yield yourself in that place. To plant yourself. Lord, I give myself to you. You know, most people, when they come to church in America today, it's all like green grass and blue skies and like fluffy little clouds and the sun shines out. And for sure, there's a bluebird chirping somewhere. And that's when they join church. But then the preacher actually does his job And then he starts preaching about the discipline of God, helping you grow and stretch and get to that place. And all of a sudden, somebody's, oh, it was blue skies and the bluebird and the sun. And then when I got there, but today it's changed, you know. And it is, what's really happening is their flesh going, oh, God, oh, golly. And their flesh, they're listening more to their flesh than they are the spirit. And what they're saying is that I don't want to, I don't want to submit myself to what God's saying. I want to submit myself to the flesh. But the word says this in Romans 8, that the mind given to the flesh is death. But the mind given to the spirit is life and peace. And so you've got all this going on and because our whole society, our our, our flesh has been coddled. We've catered to the flesh. We've catered to everything. You know, we've catered to all of this. When somebody gets up here and actually starts preaching to get you to the victory and the triumph, it's going to take away pieces of the flesh and get down to strengthen your spirit. But as soon as that flesh starts being pulled back, we're like, oh, I don't like that anymore. Pastor don't know what he's talking about. La, 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 la. And all we are is just like little spiritual kids. Guess who's been there? I've been there. How do you think I learned it? Because when I started acting like that, sitting there one day, I was sitting there. Let's see, where was I sitting? 
I was sitting about, it was either right here or right here. I'll just sit here in the church. And I was sitting there and I was listening to the preacher. And I was sitting there going, God, like, Lord, I am getting nothing out of this. Absolutely nothing out of this. I said, why didn't you let me go somewhere else? You know, he didn't answer my question. And you know you're in trouble when he does that. <laughs> he was just quiet. I was like, uh-oh. And, but pretty quickly he said this. He said, if you're so holy, now you know you're in trouble. If you're so holy, at the very least, you could be praying for everybody else. Now, what am I going to pray for? I just start praying in the Holy Ghost. And, and, the, and the day pretty much went like that, and I didn't get anything. But I had learned the lesson. I came back in the next week, and I was so holy again, so I started praying for people. And I noticed I was praying for people, and that next week, all of a sudden, he said something. The preacher, the same preacher, said something, and I went, huh, that was pretty good. <laughs> and the next week, Man, he, he was preaching, and I got like two or three things. And about a week later, I kept praying for people in the Holy Ghost. It wasn't all about me. All of a sudden, something broke. Something in my heart broke. The heart of stone was removed and a heart of flesh. In other words, it was pliable, was there. And it was like I was listening to a brand new preacher, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, this is awesome. Where's this revelation coming from? Like, Lord, what has happened to this man? What has happened to this preacher? Oh, my goodness. He said, he hadn't changed. I'm like, uh-oh. He said, he's the same person from three or four weeks ago. He said, you changed. Your heart was hardened. You let your heart get hardened and you weren't getting a thing. Preaching hadn't changed. He's he dishing out revelation the whole time. You've been missing it. I've been missing it. How do I know? I was missing it. In other words, if I'd have kept listening to my flesh, I wouldn't have been there for long because I wasn't getting anything. If I would have given in to my flesh and I would have gotten out of the very place God wanted me to be. See, we've got to esteem church and what's actually happening in this circumstance, what's actually happening in this situation. How important is church to God? Hey, Jesus gave his life for it. We are commanded to not abandon church. It is your place of flourishing. It is the place where we receive life to the full. In church? I thought Jesus gave me life to the full. He does through church. That's one of the major ways. Matter of fact, for most people, it is one of the absolute major ways. Why? Why do you say that? Well, let's go to the Bible. In Matthew 4, it says this. Jesus said... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And when he says live, he doesn't mean just live a little bit. He means live to the full till it overflows. That's how God always means life. And then he says this. He said man shall live by every word. If you go over into Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Now, if you read that passage in context, it means the word preached. In other words, I have faith to draw life to the full into manifestation. Life, God's definition of life to the full comes into my life. 
as I get faith by every word. And the word comes by somebody preaching it. See, right now, what's happening is your brain, it's, it's functioning on all this kind of logic. I got a message that I'm working on right now called Vanity, Vanity, Vanity. Our brain is trying to figure out everything I'm saying, but here's what's actually happening. As I'm preaching right now, there's an anointing that's going out with these words. That anointing is then bringing, boom, turning on the light in your spirit. And then your spirit starts to make your mind actually understand. Many people are sitting there trying to understand with their brain, and they're doing it backwards. See, what's happening, this is why God says, the foolishness of preaching will bring salvation. See, many people could sit in here, they're not spiritual, they don't understand, they're going, that just sounds crazy. Why would people go and hear preaching? Because in that preaching, there's an anointing that goes out. And in that anointing, it draws up and brings alive faith. And there's a word that comes in that anointing into our spirit man. And the spirit man receives it with faith. And then that word can manifest fullness of life in us. So you might just think you're hearing a message on church this morning, but what you're really receiving is a way. You're, you've got the pathway starting to open up to bring you to fullness of life, to bring you to full health, to bring you to full finances, to bring you out of, out of any bondage, to bring you to protection, to the fullness of salvation. That's what's actually happening, but you're listening to a message on church, the linchpin of our age. But this is what's happening. Life and the fullness of life is in the church. Church is the linchpin. Matthew, the church is designed, hear this, the church is designed to give hope, to save, and preserve the world through Christ. Matthew 5, 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket. Put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. The church is the salt and the light. The church is the thing. It's the preserving factor. It's what's holding the world together. While the devil's trying with all his might to rip it apart and form his ungodly kingdoms and destroy families and destroy relationships and still kill and destroy everything that God is, the church is standing in the way. It's the salt. And when we esteem God's plan in the church, we're literally telling the devil, nope, can't have it. Matter of fact, the Antichrist cannot even rise up to power until that church is removed. Then he can come into power. But it is literally the church standing in his way. As long as the church here is here, they are the salt. They're the preservant. They're the light. They're the one that's actually bringing revelation and hope to this world. They're the one. Have you ever read the verse that says it rains on the just and the unjust? In other words, because the just is here, because the church is here, God can bless the place because church is in place. They're the salt. They're the preserving factor. I'm going to bless it because of them. 
And if I'm sitting there as the church and it rains on me and Barrett wasn't the church, she's going to be getting blessed by it as well. The church is the salt and the light, the linchpin, holding together the fabric of our society. As soon as the church is removed, it only takes three and a half years before it all falls apart. That's it. Three and a half years is all they can hold it together and it just completely crumbles. The church is the linchpin. It's part of God's plan. How important is the church to God? How important is the church? I just want to tell you, I've made an executive decision right now. I'm not going to finish the rest of this message today. I'm going to finish it. Here's what you need to hear, what I'm about to tell you next week. You need to know what the church is. Because we haven't known. So next week I'll do that. I'll put off the USMC series till whenever. But I don't want to jump through this. I don't want to jump and just skip over something you need to hear. you got to know what the church is. It's the linchpin. God counts it important. How important is the church to God? Jesus gave his life for it. He paid for it with his blood in Acts 20, 28. We're commanded not to abandon it. We're commanded not to abandon it. That's how important it is. Don't leave it. God took the time to write a scripture and say, don't abandon it. Don't neglect it. Don't forsake it, as is the habit of some, to not go, to not be there. He says the church is the place where you will flourish. I have placed you there, and if you will plant yourself. See, there's a difference between God saying, hey, that's my place for you, and there's a difference between us saying, I receive my place. We give ourselves to it. But if we will plant ourselves in the church, God says he makes you a promise. Many of you can stand on this promise because you planted yourself. You can say, I should be flourishing. I should be flourishing, and I will flourish in Jesus' name. Why? Because you told me that I would in Psalms 92. Because I'm planted, I've given myself. But make sure before you go you know, putting the pressure on God, make sure that you're actually planted. Because if you're not planted, if you, you know, a grain of wheat hasn't fallen to the ground and, and died, then it's not going to produce. So don't be saying, hey, Lord, I've planted myself. Hey, going to church and just showing up on Sunday doesn't mean you're planted. Right. Being planted means that I give myself to the vision of that field and doing whatever I need to do to produce fruit. So we can say we're planted all day long, but if we haven't given ourselves to it, we're not. But if we'll give ourselves, if we'll give ourselves flourishing, grab a mic real quick. Six years ago, seven years ago, Seven years ago now, 2013 you got here, 2012 we met. You're living up in Maine. Yes, sir. A young, how old were you when we met? 23. 23. Yeah. She's 23, living up in Maine, 
God speaks to her and says, I want you to move to North Carolina to a church that we met for a few days one week. God speaks to her. I want you to go plant yourself. I don't know that he used those words, but that's what he was inferring. Go plant yourself. Here she is. She's 23. She, for about a year, she's like, I don't, I don't know about all that. And she, but then she figures it out. No, I got to go. I, I'm missing God if I don't go, if I don't go, if I don't go. Next year, she's 24. She gets down here. She plants herself. You know, at that point, and she'll tell you herself, I thought I knew some stuff. I want you to take two minutes, literally two minutes. <laughs> I want you to tell them. I know. <laughs> I heard them. But quickly, what you thought you knew, how you had to submit yourself to the vision, and how the Lord has blessed you, especially the blessing part after you did that. Uh, so when I moved here, I, I thought that I was going to come and be in full-time ministry immediately because I was God's gift to the church. I was ready to go. I wasn't. Um, and I learned very quickly that I had some growing up to do. I had some maturing that needed to happen. I needed to get over myself in a big way. And pastors uh, put up with me a lot uh, in correction correcting me and then I'd sob and be gone for a while <laughs> um, but through that process of giving myself to the field you know I came here and I had made the decision I'm going to do it right I'm going to do this Amen. right I'm going to give I'm going to give not just finances I'm going to give myself I'm not going to hold myself back and there are things I needed to grow up in but as I did that starting with money you know I was thinking last week George and I now are at the place where what we're giving the church yearly, I wasn't making in two years combined. Wow. Like, I, I'm, our tithe, tithe alone is more than I was making. I came wow. here lonely and scared and feeling abandoned and hurt, and I got a family. A yeah. family that I'd always wanted and yearned for. I met my husband through Pastor Brian and Pastor Nicole. I wouldn't have met him had I stayed up in Maine. We never would have connected the way that we did. And our lives, it, it wouldn't have happened. Thing after thing, time after time, when I got over what I thought I knew and how smart I thought I was, and I realized there's so much more to God than what I've seen and what I know, and I need to find out, and clearly I can't do it on my own. Then God utilized the gifts that are our pastors, not just my pastor, our pastors, and they have raised me up through Jesus to be who I'm called to be and are continuing to do it and are continuing to shape me, not because I on my own am something special, but because they see us with the eyes of Jesus and they see who we're called to be when we don't have a clue and we can't see it ourselves. They build us up, they raise us up, and that's what we do together. We need each other and we can't do it ourselves, by ourselves. We're not designed to. Would you say that your life is now flourishing? It can always go higher, but compared to where it was, oh my goodness, I'm not the same totally person. Different. It looks, looks different, thinks different, yeah. everything is different. Like 10 levels higher. I mean, it's amazing Amen. how much. 
even now in spiritual things, you're operating on a different level that's even hard to explain to other people because of the flourishing. Yes, sir. It doesn't have to take a long time. It just takes planting ourselves and being obedient. Uh, Paul, Jade, come up here. Paul, come up here. Two minutes. <laughs> I just I just messaged Barry and said you can't put time frames on us. <laughs> planted, planted you means you had one vision, but you give yourself to the vision of the house and the vision of a field, the vision of the farmer. And there were times where you didn't see it the same. But tell about that, and then what happened when you did. Um. It was a little bit different with us starting in that we would kind of tiptoe in and then would fall back and then tiptoe in and sit on the fence and then fall back. So it wasn't as um, instant as it could have been for us because of doubt and um, not being assured as quickly as we could have. But when we did finally submit... And finally, just give in and just say, we're yours. Um, no, no, we're yours. <laughs> given in to being planted and given in to what he called us to do. And since we've jumped all in and decided this is where we're planted, this is our house, we're yours, it's just through the roof. It's skyrocketed. Yeah, because I had been, been one of those people that had been hurt by a church before, so it took a lot to submit yourself there because I've done that before and kind of gotten that burnt feeling. But once we kind of got past that logical thing in the brain and said, you know what, this is where we're supposed to be. We're going to go all in. And that, that came down to decisions too. Like even when it comes to like personal stuff, really planning yourself means you're submitting completely to that field. And I was a few years ago, what, two years ago since we started the business? Two, it'll be two years this, this coming year. And I wasn't going to start the business. I had already talked to Pastor, and he told me that I was supposed to start it, and I was like, well, I got a job over here. I, don't, I think you missed this. And then I was completely going to go the opposite way, but then we sat down and was like, no, we're planted here, so that means we're planted. So I submitted what logically made sense to me and submitted those, took those thoughts captive and said, you know what, Pastor has a vision because he's over the field. And when I did that, started the business, and now, I mean, I, I by myself, I don't, Danny was working with me for a little bit, but I'm able to go into people's houses and help take something to them that they might not ever receive. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I wasn't have planted myself to the field. And by doing that, the business has been constantly growing and growing and growing. And it's because I submitted what I thought was logic and made sense. I submitted it and picked up the vision that the field had for me. And when I did that, that's when everything just changed and started going. And there were times when we, there were attacks that tried to unroot us. Yeah. They will try but staying planted and staying submitted to you guys and staying committed to Jesus. To the place where God places you. Where he saved Paul's life. Yeah. He healed my son. 
he led us to join Impact and knowledge to come on me that I was believing for. But yeah. I had to get plugged in. I had to be where he was calling me to be to do that. Yeah. Um, leading a life group, going out and winning souls with strangers. I mean, it's leaps and bounds, but more so than either of us even were prepared to for. We just yeah. wanted to get plugged in, not knowing what was coming. And the key is that you're not just placed where you want to be or where I want you to be. The key is that you're placed where God wants you to be. And yep. once you heard that, you yep. plant yourself, you trust the Lord that he knows where to place you. Mm -hmm. All right, you know where to place me. You know where they're going. You know what the leader's going to do or not do. And so I trust him because I trust you in that way. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, but not only did you flourish in your business where y'all have had, when you've had a need, it may look like it's not going to work out and then it works out every and time. then it works out <laughs> and then it works time. out every time. Yeah. And it's not just flourishing in finances, it's flourishing in the kingdom like what you said. We're now leading people to the Lord. We're praying yeah. over them. We're seeing the power of God save lives, healed, all of this yeah. because you planted yourself. Yeah. Yeah. We made that one decision that has now affected others' lives. Whereas, yes. I mean, a testimony from Boomfest is a, a buddy of mine from high school came and he had been, he's been keeping up with Facebook and watching the Wednesday broadcast and everything. And me and him were sitting there talking because he's dug into church too. And we're like, nobody would ever thought me and me and you yeah. would be these people <laughs> out leading people to the Lord, praying for people, seeing healing manifest and all that. But it, it took, Submitting yourself, submitting the flesh, putting your, putting your thoughts down, planting yourself in the church, and be willing to receive correction. Yeah, and even with the business, you know, most people look at the business as just being money. Are you? Yeah, you're you're growing. But what spiritually? You don't have to go into it long. Are you growing spiritually, and how to apply the Bible to life and to faith and everything else? Are you learning how to do that through the business? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> it challenged you to put the promises of God into action, which you wouldn't have had if you'd have just gone and gotten a paycheck somewhere. Oh, yeah. It's definitely been... It's been fun. It's, yeah, I mean, it's... I've been presented situations, and it's like... Which I've, I've added to come to pastor a lot on, but it's, it's teaching me how to be around people. It's teaching me how to use him in situations where most of the time you would think it's all physical, but there's been situations I've been put on jobs where I didn't know exactly how to do it by myself. And I just sat there and prayed in the Holy Spirit and said, Hey, we'll try it this way. And you do it. And I ended up getting the job done in a day shorter time frame that it would have took me and somebody else. But it, I listened to him. And so you learned, you learned on the job how to trust the Holy Ghost to show you how to do maybe carpentry work, but then you can take that same thing over here and you can learn how to help somebody get out of a ditch spiritually exactly. because it's the same flow. Because it's trusting in yeah. the Holy Spirit. Trusting so Holy it wasn't, the job wasn't when the Lord gave me that leading and you, and you said, okay, we're doing that. And both of y'all felt that same leading. Now your flesh and your mind was saying, I don't think <laughs> yeah. so, but your spirit on the inside was going, he's telling us the truth. All of a sudden you learned that this was not just about a job providing income. It was about God's got a bigger plan than I can see and he's going to utilize this to help grow me. Yeah. Right. So there was more to it than oh, what yeah. you saw at first. Is that right? Oh yeah. But see that kind of stuff doesn't come, thank you, that kind of stuff doesn't come unless you plant yourself. 
And many people don't realize God's got a flourishing. What he's teaching them right now is how to flourish in many, many ways. What he's teaching Barrett is how to flourish in many ways. But it comes because you plant yourself, you give yourself to that. Again, we'll go back over real quick as we wrap up is this. How important is church to God? He gave his life for it. He, he commanded us not to abandon it or neglect it. It's the place where you flourish. It's where we receive fullness of life. And the church is the linchpin of this age. How can the church be the linchpin if people aren't in their place? Think about the trailer hooked to the back of the truck. If the linchpin is not in its place, if you're not in the place where God's placed you, your life can fall apart. And it can not only fall apart, but it can go crazy on the highway and run into everybody else and cause them to make an accident too. Haven't you seen somebody who's not been going after God and all of a sudden their life just hits a death spin and it just wrecks everybody around them? And before that, they were saying, I love Jesus, but now they're not, they're not following him. A lot of times it's because they pulled themselves out of the place of God that God had for them. The church is the linchpin. God has great plans for you. He wants to bring you up to the place where you're operating at full authority, operating at full victory. He's got a place and a plan for you. But it has to do with us saying, Lord, I'm going to be in my place. I'm not going to allow just a wind. Remember what I said about when you go to a church, a lot of times it's like blue skies and sunshine and green grass and there's a bluebird chirping over here and then all of a sudden he starts preaching the way that he should start preaching and all of a sudden you're like, I don't even know if I like that preacher anymore. Like, I don't know. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. Let me just get out of here. And what you don't realize is the devil's there trying to paint gray skies cloudy to get you to uproot yourself out of the place where God had designed for you. And I can go to another field, but it'll never be my field. I can go to another place, but it'll never be my place. The place where God has for you is the place where your nourishment is where your nutrition is, where you can start to pray and things happen, where you can believe on God and see people healed, where you can go and you can say, Lord, I need protection, where you can be driving down the highway. Look, just because... Come here real quick, Colleen. People need to hear that this is real. This is just a few weeks ago. All, all I want you to do is just say yes, yes. Or, or no, okay? okay? Answer my question. Oh, okay. So you started coming just a few weeks ago, is that right? Or a few months ago? No. Six months? No. You came a year ago. Yes. But then you didn't come for a while? Yes. Then about six months ago, you came on a regular basis? Yes. All right, there we go. All right, <laughs> about six months ago. Now, do you know everything there is to know about God? No. Are you a pastor? No. A minister? No. All right, but you've been coming? Yes. All right, good. <laughs> A few weeks ago, we're in prayer, corporate prayer. The Lord specifically drops it on me. Supernatural protection be this week. Supernatural protection be this week. That Sunday, she comes to me and tells me the story. She was coming down the highway. You're coming down the highway, and what happened? 
God saved our lives. The truck, you were behind the truck? The truck blew up and fire, flames, and the wheel came at us, and God took his hands and took that wheel and took it over to the car. The wheel was coming straight at your windshield. Yep. And right before it hit the windshield, what happened? We saw God's hands just take it and go, okay, I'm going to save your life. Saw it literally lift up, up over the car, and be moved supernaturally up over the car. Now, you told me that that was that Sunday, and that was the Sunday after we had prayed supernatural yeah, protection. Part. When you heard that we had prayed that, were you happy that you'd been coming here? Oh, yes. You <laughs> wouldn't be standing here right now. What did your kids say as soon as that happened? Mommy, are we alive? Can you pinch me? Amen. Because there was nowhere to go. Yeah, amen. Thank you. So you see here, she's just attending. She's just coming. She's getting plugged in right now. She's still in the process of getting plugged in in that way. She's been coming every, every week. She probably was honestly, if she's honest with you, she probably would be like, I still don't know if they're not crazy or not. I'm not sure. She's like, they, they say some crazy stuff every now and then. They pray in tongues. Every now and then people are laughing because the joy of the Lord is them. I don't know, but I feel the love of God and I feel family. And so I'm going to keep going back. She comes back because she's here. The Lord says, supernaturally protect this week. And what happens? Her kids, herself, the whole, the, even the car, nothing was wrecked. Nothing was hurt. Tires coming straight at it, lifts up and goes over the van because she was placed and planted. God wants to save you. He wants to heal you. He wants to prosper you. He wants to protect you. He wants to move you. But we have to understand God's way of doing it. Remember, I asked at the beginning how many people want things just to work. But in order to do that, we've got to put ourselves in the position to receive the harvest of his blessing, which means we're obedient. We plan ourselves where God has placed us. The church is the linchpin. Next week's message, I'm telling you, don't miss it. You, you don't, when you see what church is, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I thought I knew all these years and I didn't know. No wonder it's not been working the way that it should. No wonder my life has not been where I thought it should be. No wonder and people are saying, God's so great, but I haven't been seeing it because you're going to see it's tied in. I told you at the beginning of today, this series, this what is the church, the linchpin, when you see it, you're going to see this goes into every part of my life. And here's what I'm telling you today. Every part of your life can go to a higher level when you grab a hold of this and you say, okay, here's what I need to do. Just close your eyes real quick. Many of you today, even while I'm talking, you're going, you know what, Lord, I, I needed, I needed to realize the difference between what I thought and what actually is concerning the church. You may even be saying that I didn't, I didn't like church. I don't like church. But I see that that's not your heart. I see that it's not your heart. And I need to change it. Lord, maybe I haven't been planted. Maybe I haven't been where I need to be in church. Maybe, maybe I, need, I needed to plant myself better than I have to esteem it differently. And if that's you today, I just want you to raise your hand. I want to just praise, pray for you. Lord, I, I, want to, I want to do this differently. I see those. Just keep them up for a second so I can... See him. Lord, I just I need to do this differently. I need I need to operate differently. 
And let's all just pray, pray this right now. Just say, Father, I see that the church is the linchpin. It's important to my life. And so I need to be planted there. I need to be doing what you told me to do. It's so important that you gave your life for it. You paid for it with your blood. How can I hate it? Lord, I need you. I need you in my life. And I need to be in my place. I repent for thinking of it wrongly. I change my way of thinking towards the church. And I receive your way of thinking towards it. I will esteem it and not despise it. In Jesus' name. Lord, I just ask that those revelations continue to come. That you keep showing this. You keep showing the power of God through the place where they're planted. Lord, thank you for it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your goodness. Now, if you, if you feel right now, like, Lord, I just, I need that sealed in me. I recognize it so strong, I need it to change in my life. I need, I need to look at this differently, and I need, I need you to seal my thinking. Help me to seal my thinking so that I esteem what you esteem. If that's you, I just invite you to come up real quickly. I need to look at church differently. Come up quickly. Also, if you need healing in your body, I need breakthrough. I need, I need, I need financial breakthrough. I need healing breakthrough. I just invite you to come up. Thank you, Lord. Come up quickly. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just play some music. Sometimes what we've done is we've not esteemed the things of the Lord. And then we find... We find that life doesn't go the way that it should. And what's actually going on is we haven't esteemed it properly. Play something different from that song, please. It's a good one. It's just not right for right now. Many times the Lord, the Lord says this, those that honor me, I will honor. Those that honor me, I will honor. Those that honor me, I will honor. Hear it again. Those that honor me, I will honor. Now if you're standing up here, you're either saying, I have a need, or Lord, I'm making a choice to honor you. I want to honor you better than I have. If that's, if that's what you're saying and you're hearing me say that a different way and you're saying, Lord, I want to honor you. I want to honor you better than I have. Then you can come on up too. Many times things are going wrong in our life. They're going wrong in our life because we haven't honored what God has called important. 
We've esteemed everything but His things. Or there's been something that we are just learning, hey, I need to be honoring this on a different level. I need to be honoring it differently. And when we honor Him, all of a sudden, the, the honor of God gets poured out into our life. Many times we've been sitting there and we might have heard a little bit of this. We knew that we should have been acting better, but we didn't honor it. We didn't choose. And then all of a sudden, uh, we, we walk into a place of dishonor in our own lives and we want to, you know, Lord, what's going on? And it's tied directly to the thing that we haven't been honoring. And days like today is a day when the Lord presents you with an opportunity and it says, hey, you can change that. All you got to do is make a decision in your life to say, Lord, I honor what you honor. Obviously, the Lord honors church. He honors church, the linchpin in our society. He honors that. And so we can say, Lord, anything you're honoring, I want to honor. And you can make that choice and you can step out and say, I want to honor you today. And when I pray for you and lay hands on you and I anoint you with oil, I want you to receive. If you need healing in your body, receive healing. If you need, if you need deliverance, you need protection, you need finances, you receive whatever it is. But if you need that sealed, Lord, I want to walk. In honor in everything. I want to honor you. I'm making a choice today to honor you, to honor your church, to honor who you are. Then receive that today. Thank you, Father. You can come on, anybody. Now when I pray for you, I'm believing God that He will give you the power of God right in that moment. That the anointing will flow. That the anointing will flow. That it will flow right then. Supernaturally, bodies will be healed. Finances will change. All the, the devil and all his junk where he's been trying to grab your life and twist it and turn it upside down and get you away from anything that is God, I call it to an end now today in the name of Jesus. Lord, let lives be changed today in Jesus' name. Just lift your hands right now and just say, Lord, right now, right now I receive everything you have for me and I thank you for it, Father. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Father, for your wholeness. Thank you for your anointing in Jesus' name. Find her a place, please. Find, thank you, Father, for your goodness. For your mercy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for changing lives. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let your anointing fill and overflow. Let it answer anything that needs answering in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Father, for your anointing. Thank you, Lord. Lord, life change now in Jesus' name. Life change now in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your love flood her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. In the name of Jesus, let your anointing flood and start answering all the questions and all the problems. Let it be answered now in Jesus' name. Yeah, that anointing's flowing through you right now. Thank you, Father, for your anointing. Thank you for life change in Jesus' name. 
for life change in the name of Jesus. For life change in Jesus' name. For life change in Jesus' name. For life change in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Just put your hand right there. Both of them is fine. Thank you, Father. Lord, out of her belly will flow rivers of living water. Lord, thank you. Bring that anointing. Bring life change now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your anointing. Glory to God. You're solving issues and problems right now, even ones she doesn't know about. Lord, thank you for bringing that deliverance now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your anointing. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord, for your love poured out. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for the fire of God, for your anointing from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Things are changing. Family's changing. Life is changing. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for your anointing. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Jesus, hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, let your anointing flow all through her fire of God. Thank you, Father. Let your anointing. Blessings be on Jessica in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing. Yeah, thank you, Father, for your anointing. Bring wisdom. Bring revelation. Bring solutions in Jesus' name. Let your anointing bring solutions in Jesus' name. Glory to God. I'll be back on that side in just a second.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' name. Lord, let it be sealed and let your anointing overflow in her life. In the name of Jesus, thank you for your anointing. Right now, right now, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, unravel everything that may need to be unraveled in Jesus' name. Lord, let it be full and let it be whole. Let it be unraveled now in Jesus' name. Anointing of God, break every yoke, break away every attack. No weapon formed against her will prosper, but she will be healed, whole, and prosperous in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your anointing. Thank you, Father, for your anointing. Thank you. Lord, bring solutions now in Jesus' name. Bring solutions now in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Fire of God. Fire of God. Ha 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 Yeah. Lord, solutions now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Solutions now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you. I see you right now. In the name of Jesus, I see you loosening up every grip that was wrong. Plans from the time that they were born that the enemy had trying to hold them. But Lord, I declare, they will not be held, but they will be free in Jesus Christ. They will not be held, but every plan, every strategy will be broken in their lives and they will rise in the name of Jesus Thank you, Father, for your anointing and your fire and your power. Thank you, Lord, for supply. Thank you for provision. Glory to God. Thank you for provision. Thank you for fullness of life in the name of Jesus. Yep. Yeah, Lord, we seal it. Hey, glory to God. We'll honor what you honor. We'll esteem what you esteem, and we will be honored, and we will be esteemed in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We will honor what you honor. And we will esteem what you esteem in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your anointing. Now, Lord, right now, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, anointing of God flood through, through his life now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing, your oil, and your seal in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I'm, I hear him saying this to you. I'm drawing you up. I'm drawing you to new levels. I'm drawing you to new places. Things that you have dreamt of, even as a kid. I, I see your heart as a kid. I see it as a kid being, being pure towards him and hungry for the things of God and I see him now saying I've never forgotten it I wouldn't forget you I've drawn you to a place where I can fulfill every dream and every desire that you had as a kid even a heart to serve me and to love me I see a purity uh, of your life I see a purity of you reaching out for God even as a kid Lord fulfill every bit in Jesus name Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that every desire you put on his heart, Lord, let him be empowered now 
to live it out to the fullness. And Lord, let it go even beyond, even beyond what he can ask or think. Even beyond his imagination in the name of Jesus. Lord, let the imagination soar on heavenly levels, on, on heavenly heights in Jesus' name. Let it soar in Jesus' name. Anointing of God be in his life. Anointing of God be in his life in Jesus' name. Ah, glory to God. Glory to God. Yeah. Fresh fire of God. Fresh fire of God. Fresh fire of God. Thank you, Lord. Fresh fire of God. That's the anointing. Fresh fire of God. Thank you, Lord. Fresh fire of God. Fresh fire and anointing from heaven. Fill and overflow in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Seal it, Lord. Seal it. Seal it. Seal it. Lord, we honor and we esteem what you honor and esteem. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. For your goodness and your mercy. For your goodness and your mercy. I see him just keep, keep doing it. He just keeps pouring. He just keeps pouring. Every time you think it's full, he just pours again. Fresh, Lord. Fresh, fresh, fresh pouring out. Fresh, fresh fire and anointing in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your anointing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your anointing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Anointing of God be... Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Just raise your hands. Lord, I, we receive right now fresh anointing and fresh overflow in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Yeah, glory. There it is. There it is. Glory to God. Ha ha yeah, hallelujah. Yeah, just worship him straight out of your heart. And that's what you're doing, just worshiping him out of your heart. True worshipers worship in spirit and in truth. And thank you, Lord, for pouring out in her life, in her home, in her family, as she worships you, worships you. Ha, ha, yetene, ha, Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Fresh sealing. And honor in the name of Jesus. Fresh fire of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. 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 Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, right now. Thank you for rewriting some things. Lord, in her decision to step up here, her future is rewritten in Jesus' name. It may seem like it was a small decision, but it wasn't. Every little decision is in obedience. Every decision, small or large, is in obedience that commands a blessing 
Thank you, Father, for the blessing. Lord, I see the future rewritten because of a simple step out of the seat and up to the altar. Lord, let us all step out of our seats and up to the altar and say, Lord, you're my Lord. You're the director. I do it your way. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Ha ha, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Thank you for pouring out. Thank you, Father, for pouring out more and more and more in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for a quick work. A quick work. A quick work in the name of Jesus. A quick work. Thank you, Father. Sotarana, hunger and humility be. Let them be strengthened in hunger and humility. Hunger and humility in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How Jesus, thank you. Ha, 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 ha. Hallelujah. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Thank you, Lord. Ricky, can I pray for y'all? Will y'all come up? I just specifically felt led to. Y'all just hold hands if you would. Father, now I just come against all of this over the years that has sought to keep them in the place called average. Lord, they are not called the average. They are called to overflow, to the overflow. And Lord, they are called to abundance for every good work. They are called to abundance, not just in finances, but health. I see the attacks on the abundance. And I see him trying to keep you at average. Lord, I call it to an end today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, by the blood. And in the name of Jesus, let your anointing break average off of them in Jesus' name. Break it off of them in Jesus' name. Let it break it off of them now in Jesus' name. No more average. No more average in Jesus' name. And you might have had it good compared to some people, but I see it going up to great, to great, to what God calls normal. I'm talking about streets of gold normal, one pearl that can be a gate normal. I'm talking about an abundance that blows the minds out of most people. No more average in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Now, what I just ministered to you is a word preached. And you just received a faith by the word preached to believe God for more than average and what God calls normal. And that's an operation of what I was talking about earlier where a word preached will release faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Now you need to have that word and literally honor that word, repeat it. I would even grab, if I were you, grab the clip off the video or the audio and every now and then play it. I have a whole log of words that I've got. Play that word. Play that word. It's recorded. So play that word. Play that word. And the more you hear it, the more that faith will continue to rise and you'll start seeing it more and more manifest. Amen? Amen. I love you guys. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Amen. 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 Everybody just close your eyes for one second and we'll dismiss. And what I'll go over, let's turn the music down. There you go. Anybody ever wanted to know why boomerang services go long? Anybody ever curious why they go long? Like it's 130, 125, 27. You are almost in a three-hour service. Most churches are done in an hour. Why do we do that? Just so we can wear the badge of going three hours? <laughs> no. No, not at all. I'm going to tell you next week. <laughs> I'm going to tell you next week why we do that. There's a purpose for it. It's Bible. Amen. It's not every day. I think last week we finished at like 12.45 or something or whatever, but there's a purpose for it. There's a reason why we do it. There's a reason why the Lord directs it. I literally wanted to preach the whole message today in about 30 minutes if I could. Generally that doesn't work, but I wanted to. But there's a reason. I'm going to tell you next week why, and it's, and it's Bible. And you're right to be in it. But how many people right now, your flesh is like, I sure wish he'd hurry up. Don't, you don't have to raise your hand. Don't you? <laughs> I sure wish he'd hurry up. This is not the full answer, but there is the verse that says, those that wait on the Lord, wait upon the Lord, will renew their strength. Many people don't have the strength, and when it says wait on the Lord, it's not just talking about I'm sitting still waiting on him to show up. No, it's like a waiter waiting on tables, like how can I wait on you? How can I serve you, Lord? How can I honor you? And when sometimes when you're not in such a rush to get, but you're there and you're willing to honor him and say, Lord, I honor you, then all of a sudden you'll get in the place where your strength is renewed. They'll renew their strength. Many people don't have the strength to go throughout the week because they've not chosen to wait on him and honor him. But I'm going to tell you next week why, why the Lord told us to go longer at different times. Not every day, but different times. But just bow your head real quick. I didn't really give an altar call this morning but I want to do that before we leave not necessarily to come up to the altar this morning but just to pray sometimes we'll go through our lives and when we're leading people to the Lord a common question for us to ask is this on a scale of one to five where are you at One being, I don't even know Jesus. And five being, I'm walking just like him. Most people will answer a three. But I'd ask you that this morning on a scale of one to five, where are you at? And if it's not a five, which admittedly, most people don't walk at a five. Almost everybody does not walk at a five. But if it's not a five, you can make it a five right now. Lord, I want to walk with you like that. 
I need to walk with you like that. I need to walk with you like that. Sometimes we'll have people come up front, but I'll tell you I'm not going to have you come up front this morning. I'm just going to ask you right where you're at, every head bowed, every eye closed. But today, you need, to, you need your relationship with Jesus to be alive, and you need it to be a five. And if that's you, don't slip your hand up quickly and then back down so I can't see it, but just, just lift your hand up and hold it up with everybody's head bowed. Just let me see it so I can pray for you. I need my relationship to be a five. Just keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. I need my relationship to be a five. Keep holding them up. There's people constantly, they're still holding it up. Anybody else? Anybody else? There's still people that are, there's a number of people, so you're not alone. The devil sometimes, he gets us to fear and, and uh, just be ashamed that we need God's help. Well, everybody needs God's help. The strong person is the one who says, I need it not the one who needs it, the one who says they need it. Lord, I need your help. If you need help today to be a five, you need that relationship, go ahead and raise it up so I can see it. Right now, don't be afraid. God wants to bless you. He wants to pour out in your life. I need you and I need my relationship to be a five. Now I can see why God held us longer like this. All right, you can put them down. Keep your eyes closed. Now, right now, I just want to ask this question. You're sitting there and you're going, you know what, I should have raised my hand. I, I should have done it, I should have done it, I should have done it. I, doggone it, I should have raised my hand, but I didn't. But you know you needed to. I'm going to give you an opportunity right now. Just raise your hand so I can see it real quick. I needed to raise my hand, but I didn't. Just raise it right now while everybody's heads. Anybody? Anybody else? I needed to raise my hand. I need, I need your help, Jesus. I need your help. I need it. Anyone? I should have done it. Now's your opportunity. Just raise it up so I can see it. I told you I'm not going to call you up, but I needed it. Just raise it up. Hold on. Somebody might have put, I saw a couple, but... Somebody might have put it up and down and I missed it. I want to pray for you specifically and just bless you. Just raise it and hold it up real quick. Anybody else? I should have raised it. All right. I just want us all to pray this and pray it out loud. Everybody in here, I found this. If you get serious with God, he'll get serious with you. If you get serious with God, he'll get serious with you. So when we pray, let's pray this with our heart. Lord, today I'm making a decision. I'm changing my life. It was quite a number of people that raised their hand, so you're not alone. Sometimes we know Jesus, but we just need to get our lives on track. And you can see, obviously, by the number. I would say there was probably 20 or 30 people that raised their hand. So you can see that we weren't wasting time here. Something else needed to happen. And that's how the strength of the Lord works. 
So let's pray this out loud. I don't want you to pray in your brain. Pray it with your mouth. The word tells us, confess with our mouth. And everyone in here, pray this. Just say, Jesus, right now, I make you the Lord of my life. I need to be at a five, full on with you, not without you. I need you. I want you. And by faith, I have you right now. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. Say it with your mouth. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. You're the director. You call the shots, and I'll be obedient. And I believe that you died for me, and that you took my sin. And I believe that God brought you back to life, And when he raised you up, he raised me up. And now I'm seated in heavenly places with you, Jesus, in you and you in me. And I'm seated with you. I ask you, baptize me with the Holy Ghost and with fire so that I can live the way you want me to live right now. Now just everybody in here, just raise your hands real quick to heaven. That's where your power comes from, like Stephen says. And just start receiving right now. You can just lift your hands. Just say, Lord, I need you. I receive your power. And you receive it sitting right there in your seat. Lord, right now, I need your help. I need your help. I need your help. Glory to God. Soho Frankenanata. Holy Spirit, draw hearts and fill them. Draw them and fill them, Lord. God's working right now in lives. He's filling them with the things that they need. He's filling them with the life that they need. He's solving issues. He's solving problems. He's solving issues. He's solving problems. He's solving issues. He's solving problems. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for filling and overflowing with your love and your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Father, for your love. Praise you, Lord. Thank you for your anointing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you're bringing solutions. You're bringing hope. You're bringing great and mighty things. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you, Lord, for your love. In Jesus' name.